Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Hello, everyone. This is me, Laura. So excited to be here today, as I am every week. It is literally my favorite time of the week. I look forward to this all week long to get back on the air with all of you and introduce you to people that I have met along the way that have really taught me how to ask better questions. And that's what this show is all about. I love learning new questions to ask and understanding how to pick the answers that you're getting to make sure they're answers that are going to move you forward and not just keep you on autopilot all the time. And my new guest today is one of those great people. We actually have the same publisher, and that's how we met. Um, So my guest today is Chris Mathis. He lives in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He's a native of Grand Rapids, Michigan. And he's gone on to have a successful career and reach international prominence as a world-class motivational speaker and author of the best-selling book, which I recommend you all run out and get, From Success to Significance, The Eight Keys to Achieving Any Goal or Dream. He shares his life-changing message with over 50,000 people all around the world through the power of his book, videos, and live appearances. He's been featured on dozens of television and radio shows across the country. His client list includes companies like United Way, Goodwill, Amway, and we have several uh, common clients in there. That's kind of fun, Chris. I didn't even know that. (laughs) And dozens more of high schools, colleges, nonprofits, and corporate companies. He is a weekly columnist for the Grand Rapids Times newspaper in Grand Rapids, and he serves on the board of directors for an organization called Arbor Circle, a mental health agency for youth and families. I love Chris. Um, We recently reconnected because he and I have both had a year like you would not believe. And I just wanted to share the... Um, my friend Chris Mathis with all of you. So welcome, Chris, to my show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Laura. I appreciate you having me. That was so funny, reading your client list and going, oh, my God, <laughs> I, I have them, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's fun. That's cool. <laughs> well, you know, our messages are in some ways uh, very much in alignment. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I approach it from a questioning perspective, and, and you approach it from a different perspective, but... We're trying to get to the same places with people that, you know, you have the ability to sort of chart your life with achieving your goals. And I have a – I want to start out with a quick question for you, Chris. How did you get on this path? I mean, I know, but my listeners don't. And I think it's it's important to share how you got to what you're doing. For me, it started with uh, simple volunteer work. Um, I had a great career uh, working in marketing. I work for one of the largest home improvement companies in the country, and uh, I got opportunity to travel. I've made great money. I've done all these amazing things, and I've reached all these goals. And I realized at that point in my life that I've had all the success, but I've never done anything to help anyone. I've never volunteered anywhere. I've never donated anything. And so I decided, you know, I really want to just find a way to volunteer and begin working with people and sharing my story because at that time in my life, so often I was asked, okay, Chris, how did you do it? How did you go from being this young man surrounded by drugs, gangs, and violence and poverty and a fatherless home to being so successful in business? And so I simply began sharing my story with high school students as volunteers. As, as, for me, it was just a community service. And, and then one day someone called and they offered to pay me to come in and do what I was just volunteering to do. Um, and after a few calls with that, I realized that, you know, this has the potential to become something much greater than what I originally thought. 
Uh, that was in 2007. Uh, in 2010, I made the decision to walk away from my full-time job and, and take on being a speaker and an author full-time. And uh, the rest has been history since then. I, I've been very blessed and very humbled by uh, the success and the support that I've received and, and the value that people find in my message and how it's helped impact thousands of lives. You know, I, I, I couldn't have, no one would have convinced me 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that this is what it would look like. I never would have believed you. And you haven't exactly, you know, you just alluded to it a little bit. You haven't exactly lived a life initially that would lead you to be doing what you're doing. I mean, we hear all exactly. the time some stories of people that rise up. But, you know, it, it. you hear more stories lately about the people that haven't. I mean, you were homeless. Mm -hmm. You lived in a very poverty-stricken neighborhood, which I never mm -hmm. associated Grand Rapids with having, you know, poverty. You think Detroit and, and some of the other cities in Michigan. You, Absolutely. You also had some crazy health issues that almost derailed everything for yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a few years ago, I uh, actually it was in 2010 when I decided to walk away from my job to pursue speaking full-time. Um, the one thing that I've learned, first off, about life and success and going after goals is that anytime you make the decision to go after something greater than what you currently have, life is going to test you and ask you how bad do you want it every time. And I was at a point in my life where life was asking me that question. And I was in Oklahoma City on business, and um, long story short, while I was there, uh, I began to feel a slight tingle in, in the right side of my face while I was there that weekend. Uh, I took a nap that, that afternoon. Um, I got up the next day, and when I got up, the entire right side of my face was paralyzed. Um, I ended up getting rushed back to therapist. I got to the doctors, and I lost 95.5% of the muscle strength and movement in the right side of my face. I lost vision in my right eye. I lost my sense of taste, and I lost um, some slight hearing in my right ear. Um, later, they diagnosed me with having Bell's palsy. At the time, I'd never heard of it, didn't know anything about it. It's a temporary facial paralysis that doctors really can't explain how it happened. It just does. And for me, it just happened. And um, because I was already two days in, they couldn't really tell me. Um, how long this would last or how how fast I'd be able to get better or whatever the case may be to, you know, go on with speaking and working. And so uh, it lasted almost a year before I was able to bounce back from that. And even now, um, a few years later, I'm still dealing with minor damages and muscle strength issues inside of my face. Um, but for me, I look at that as a part. It's like this for me. When you go into a fight, you're going to get hit. You're going to be left with some marks and some bruises. And for me, this was a fight for my dream. This was a fight for my goals. And so for me, these are the scars and the marks and the bruises that I've been left with from the fight for a better life, the fight for my goals, the fight for my dreams, and the fight to want to help others live a better life as well. So I would think that with all of the challenges you had growing up and then later on as an adult when you got the Bell's palsy, your definition of success probably has changed quite a bit along the way at different times. Oh, completely. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, early on, you know, being a young man and, and, and not having much, you, you instantly think success means uh, the money, the cars, the vacations, and, and et cetera, and those type of things, the materialistic things. As I got older and I, I achieved those things and, and I began to accomplish those goals and so on, I realized that those things are only temporary happiness. They don't provide the significance that one may be seeking after they've achieved those things. Because the, the reality of it is, once you reach your goal, if your goal is to make a certain amount of money, once you reach it, that good excitement, that good feeling you have, eventually wears off. 
and all of a sudden you want more of it or more of this or more of that. And that's what it became. And I got to a point where I had done so well in business, I reached the ceiling within the company I was working at, and I realized that I wasn't happy. The, the, those things did not make me happy anymore. And I really began to realize that, um, and this leads to the title of my book, that I had to make the journey from success to significance. Significance is where the true value was for me. And that's one thing that I've learned, I think, at, at a young age is that if we can find value in, beyond those things in helping someone, giving back, helping someone learn what we once did not know, that is where the true success comes in. That's how a person leaves a legacy. That's how they leave their mark after they're gone. The money, the cars, the, the, the fancy things, the materialistic things, those things will eventually wear off. So you're saying that in the way you're describing significance, it's really your legacy? Absolutely. I mean, significance for me is, is helping those who are coming from the same or similar situation. Significance for me is uh, looking into an audience of 500 people, and there's a single mother sitting in that audience right now who just yesterday was sitting at home. Her kids are in trouble in school. Her husband just left. The lights are being shut off tomorrow. Her car broke down on the first day of her new job. Her bank account is overdrawn by $100, and she's sitting at home in the dark not knowing how she's going to make it. And she's asking for someone to reach out. She's praying to God, asking for help. And she's trying to figure it out, but she has no idea where to, where to go. And before she knows it, she eventually ends up in an audience, and she hears me present a message. Those are the people who I love to help. Though That's the significance for me. And the reason I say that is because T.J. once said, if you have a problem that man or money can fix, then you don't have a problem. And you see, this person, this individual, or even that single father who's struggling, or, or that, that elderly individual who, who is dealing with health issues, or whatever the case may be, that individual has something that neither man nor money can fix or pull them through. And, and, and that is the significance that I'm after. Those are the things that, that I find value in, that to, to receive an email from a, a person that just simply wants to say thank you, the feeling I get from that is much greater than anything else I've ever done. Anything else. I had never heard that T.D. Jokes, Jake's um, quote before, and I, I just <laughs> I love that man. I think he is so amazing and so right on. He, mm -hmm, he and absolutely. Joel Osteen, every time I turn around, they just have another bit of brilliance in a tweet or a quote that hits you really to the core. But oh, it's so profound. You, you said, <laughs> Very profound quote. The quote was, if you have a problem man or money can fix, then you don't have Can't a problem. But, you and, got it. But yet I see that so many people don't have the ability to see past that. You know, um, mm -hmm. I don't have enough... I, I can't buy food. I can't do this. And they can't figure out how to get out of that. You mm -hmm. know, that, that immediate fear, that immediate... Um, I have a need. I have to feed my kids. I have to feed myself. I need a place to sleep tonight. What would you say to people who are who are in that moment? Because to them, that's a major problem. They can't even begin to think of significance or anything else because their success right. is where's my next meal coming from. Mm -hmm. There's two things that come to mind. First, the, the significance is one of the chapters in my book uh, where I talk about the power of significance and how it works and how you, under, you have to understand the value of giving back in, in return to receive. Um, the next two things that I would tie that to is, first, you have to believe it's possible. You have to believe it's possible that you can make a way out of no way. You have to begin to find a way out of no way. 
and begin to be able to see it when no one else does. When the rest of the world doesn't agree with you, doesn't believe you, tell you that would never work, you have to believe that it's possible to make a way out of nothing. The second part of that is also another chapter in my book. It's called You Must Have Faith. And, and you see, I've learned that's one of the most difficult things for people to do during hard times. You see, it's very easy, Laura, to have faith when things are good. <laughs> it's very easy to have faith when everything is in order, the bills are paid, the kids are got straight A's in school, uh, the marriage is strong, your workout regimen is working, and everything is good. But when all that changes and, and, and things begin to crumble around you and your life begins to fall apart and you go to the doctor and they diagnose you with some health illness and, and all these things are happening at home and then all of a sudden you have a death in the family and you feel like your life is just being turned upside down and you're ready to ask God, why me? That is when it's hard to have faith. And so the only way to, to fix that is, I mean, the Scripture says, faith comes by hearing and hearing. In other words, you can't just hear it one time. You have to hear it over and over and over again. So this process, and I'm not trying to preach religion, but this process also works with anything else. If your goal is to become a better person, if the goal is to better your life, you want to be positive, whatever the case may be, then you have to consistently plug in positive influences over and over and over again. As you begin to do this daily, every morning, once in the afternoon, once again at night, every single day, over and over again, those positive influences will begin to build your faith on the journey that you're on. Because there's no doubt about it. I mean, I think we can both agree that life can be hard. I mean, life can be a vicious animal sometimes to some people, and it will put you through it. Um, but just understand, it's only, you're only going through it because these are things that you asked for when you made the decision that you wanted better for yourself. You wanted better for your family, and you wanted a better life. And when we come back from the commercial break, we're going to talk more with Chris Mathis. We'll be right back. We are back with my special guest, Chris Mathis, author of From Success to Significance, The Eight Keys to Achieving Any Goal or Dream. My friend and my fellow author with my publisher, Morgan James Publishing, who published my book, What Would a Wise Woman Do? Questions to ask along the way. And um, Chris, before the break, we were talking about um, how do you find a way out of no way? And I just mm-hmm. tweeted that out live um, at my Twitter handle, the Laura Stewart, and your Twitter handle is at Chris Mathis for anybody that wants to tweet with us on Twitter. And you know, in your book, you you talk about eight keys to achieving any goal or dream. We don't have time on the show to really go into all the details of all of them, but I'd like to talk about a, a couple of the keys because I, I think they're really so critical with what we've been talking about. One of them is you talk about reality check. Absolutely. The, the reality check is the first, uh, I'm sorry, the second step uh, in the process. And what we have to do is give ourselves a reality check and really discover who we truly are. So that means there's three types of people in the world. There are the winners, there are the losers, and there are the, the contenders. The winners are the people who've already made it. They know how to get there. They, make, they know how to make it happen. The losers are people who have given up on life. They've made the decision that I can't achieve that dream. I can't make that goal happen for myself. My family has lived in poverty for generations, and I can't be the first to make a difference. I can't be the first to go to college. And then you have the third group, and this is where a lot of the listeners will probably come in. These are the people who are the winners who have not yet learned how to win. But they know that if they got an opportunity, if they got a shot, if they could simply get a break, they could make some amazing things happen in their lives. So it's simply about discovering 
what point in life are you at? Are you a winner? Are you a contender? Or are you a loser? And, and as you discover that reality check and you be honest with yourself as to where you are, that is where you have to begin to take that next step and start where you are. Is it possible for somebody to be all of those depending on different areas of their life? Absolutely. A person can fluctuate through all of them at any given point. Um, I mean, you, I've seen people who have been successful in business and become winners. They make a few bad decisions and lose it all and become a contender. And then they get to the point where they realize they can't go on anymore. They want to give up. And then before you know it, they become a loser and they're back to square one all over again. And and I was just thinking that somebody, say, could be a winner in business, but a loser in their family life because they focused everything on business or or vice versa. I've seen people focus everything on family life and end up becoming a contender or a loser in business because they're, they took their eye off the ball for whatever reason. You got it. I mean, you're knowing it. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. And, and, and it's, I think it's very important that you have to find that balance. You have to find that happy medium that works for all of those arenas. If, if that's the goal, just to be in business and, and be a family man or family woman or whatever the case may be, you have to find that balance. And if you don't find that balance, you're eventually going to lose in one area or another. For sure. So the first thing you're suggesting, well, it's actually the second key, but um, in the reality check phase, you're suggesting to people to ask themselves the question of, number one, have you, well, second part, I guess, would be, have you learned how to win? But the first part is, am I a winner, contender, loser, and break it down to different areas of your life? Yes, absolutely. Because you have to be honest with yourself. I mean, the, 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 the last thing you want is to run on false belief or false hope. Um, when that's really, you're not in the position that you may think that you are in, you have to be honest with yourself and start exactly where you are. And, and I think with that truthfulness, that's going to be a, a benefit to you as you move forward because, it, again, you want to be able to start in a position of strength, not in a position of weakness. Okay. And so if you're using false belief and hope, you're starting off in a weak position by simply just not being truthfully and honest with yourself. Okay, so, you know, you've done this reality check and... Maybe you've got winner, maybe you've got contender, maybe you've got loser, maybe you've got a con- uh, a combination of all of them. I mean, I'm just very quickly while we were talking and I was listening to you, I evaluated like four or five different areas of my life and I have all three of those right now. <laughs> <laughs> and some okay. of it's by choice, some of it's not by choice, but if you think about it, everything is by choice. Mm-hmm. One of your other keys talks to like struggle? Yes, yes. That for me is probably one of my, my favorite things to discuss. Um, and the reason I say that is because everyone looks at another person's life and just thinks they have it made or they, they have it great or whatever the case may be. And the reality of it is all of us face hard times. All of us are going to struggle. I think one of the biggest mistakes that we as parents, as adults, make with our youth is we tell them you can be anything you want to be in the world, which is very, very true. I agree 100%. They can achieve and accomplish anything they put their minds to. But the reality of it is we fail to tell them that it's hard. We fail to tell them that life is a struggle sometimes. We fail to tell them that there's going to be times in life where you're going to want to give up. There's going to be times where you're going to be tested, you're going to be challenged, and it's going to get so hard that you're not going to know what to do. There's going to be times where you're going to come to a point in life where there's nothing that we can say as parents, as brothers, sister, uh, relatives, uh, mentors, etc. There's nothing that we can do to pull you out of that hole that you've now fallen into. You're going to have to find a way out of no way to get yourself out because there's nothing that we can say that's going to be able to help you. 
These are the struggles in life. I've learned that life stands for living in fear of excelling. Living in fear of excelling. Life's goal is to put you in a fear state of mind. Life oh, I, knows I, 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 I love that. Of, yeah, life knows if I can put you in a fear state of mind, you won't pursue that goal or dream anymore. You're going to give up. And so that's the reason why we're faced with struggles. That's the reason we're faced with challenges in life. Anytime you attempt to do something great, life is going to ask you, how bad do you want it? How about I have that job fall through? You're going to be laid off tomorrow. You know what? Oh, that didn't work? Well, let's make that marriage fall apart as well. Let's see how focused you are to go after that dream now. And you're going to be tested with these challenges and these struggles. Somebody once said, life is a fight for territory. And once you stop fighting for what you want, what you don't want will automatically take over. Because you've created an opening for it. Exactly. Exactly. You simply fed the negative by thinking about it, talking about it, looking at it, posting your problems on social media channels and all over Facebook and Twitter with the hashtag bad life. I have have an assignment for everybody going into the news break, which will be about uh, four or five minutes. Um, We're heading out to the commercial break now. What are you in your life right now a winner a contender or loser and the other question i have for you is are you living in fear of excelling we'll be right back after the news break chris mathis my friend my fellow author with morgan james publishing we were talking about struggling uh your key to achieving any goal or dream is actually dealing with the struggle being in the struggle and learning how not to live in fear of excelling as you define life. I love that, by the way. I think that was absolutely brilliant. I had never heard that before. And we had given my listeners a couple of assignments during the commercial break. And for those of you listening on podcasts, either on iTunes or Stitcher or on my website, laurasteward.com, hopefully you paused the recording at that point and you actually asked yourself, have you learned how to win? And are you currently a winner, contender, or loser? I love the fact that the three keys that you're sharing with us today really hit different levels of it. Number one, getting a reality check. Uh-huh. You know, I talk about that awareness. And I think that's so important. Most of us tend to, at times, depending on the topic, right, we put blinders on. We don't want to see what's really happening. And then more often than not, yeah, more often than not. And then once you've got your reality, you may be entering a struggle. Now, the the third key that that you said that we're going to share today is victory. Absolutely. Uh, share a little bit about one of your own personal struggle into victories, please. For me, the victory is what this is all about. This is why we pay the price for a better life. This is why we do what we do. This is why we go through the hard times, is to get to that point where we can finally say we've made it. And I think that a big part of that struggle that we go through is is not necessarily all about just the hard times, but it's about the person that we become through the process to prepare us for what that victory is like. And uh, I can humbly say I've had a lot of victories in my life. Um, I've, I've achieved a lot. I've been very successful. And I've done very well. And I'm very proud of the things that I've accomplished. But there's one thing for me, actually, I would say a fairly newer victory, um, that I've had that I, I didn't know if it would ever happen for me because of my background, because of my situation in my life and not and growing up without a father. You see, my father left when I was four years old. He was addicted to crack for 22 years of my life. Wow. And growing up, and, and I mean, unfortunately, he's been sober now for eight or nine years, but 
back then, you're talking in the 80s when crack was brand new. It was new to the scene. No one had ever heard of it before. And it's taken over households all over the country, especially amongst the East Coast and even some of the Midwest. And so I come from a background where I didn't know what it was like to be a father. I didn't know anything about being a father. And so for me, um, my biggest victory, my, my newest biggest victory is the fact that my wife and I will be married six years next month. And uh, we now have a two-year-old daughter. Thank you. Yep, we, we, our daughter will be two years old next month, and our son will be, uh, he just turned seven, he'll be seven months uh, this month. Wow. And so for me, it's, um, it's a blessing, because I didn't know if I, I, that was probably one of my biggest fears was being a father, because <laughs> I didn't know anything about fatherhood. I've never seen or, or known what a father looked like, because I've never had one. And so for me, the fact that I've now been put into this role and I've been kind of learning as I go, and I've, I've learned to accept that I'm human and that I'm going to make mistakes, and I'm not always going to be right, and I won't always have the best advice for my children, but I'm going to do the best that I can to be there at every step of the way, be a part of their lives. And for me, that is that in itself, just the fact of being there, for me, has been an accomplishment because that's something that I grew up without. I never had. And so for me, that has been my personal goal. So I always like to challenge my, my listeners, my readers, and my fans, as to what would your goal be? What, what is that one thing that you say, Chris, if I could accomplish this, it would change everything for me. This is the one thing that I'm after. That has to become the thing that you think about, you dream about, you look at every day, every day. And so for me, that has been one of my biggest successes is being able to be a father. Well, you know, I, I was very fortunate. My parents were all alive until five years ago when my dad passed away. My mom's still alive, but she's declining. And they were amazing parents. I mean, I always tell people I really lucked out in the parent pool. I mean, all my friends wanted my parents as their parents. That's how cool my parents were, right? You know, and it's not like Mm -hmm. everything was perfect, but they were amazing parents. So how did you begin to learn the skills um... to be a good parent? For me, um, a big part of it started with, before becoming a parent, I had to learn to become a man. As I became a man, I had to learn to become a husband. And then I had to learn to become a father. And I did that by just networking and, and being around good guys who were already in those roles much, much longer than me. Um, I met a lot of guys through my church. Uh, I met gentlemen through... Uh, different programs and youth programs and things that I work with, uh, fatherhood programs that I've spoken for. And I met good guys who have a true passion for serving the community and helping others learn what they also once did not know. Or they were lucky enough to have a father at home, and now they want to share with those who were fatherless how to do it. Through that process of mentoring, I've learned how to, how to do and become who I am today. And so for me, that's, for, that's probably, I mean, I can't give credit to anything else. Uh, for me, because that, that's where it's come from. I mean, I've been very fortunate to have the right people placed in my circle, and I know when I have questions about things, I know who I can call. I know who I can ask those questions to. I'm a part of even a Facebook group that's all about fatherhood, where we can ask the tough questions about fatherhood and talk to new fathers. Um, I just sat on a panel a few weeks ago about fatherhood um, and with a bunch of new fathers or single fathers or fathers who are unable to see their children, and it was simply there to encourage them to tell them that things will work out, things will get better. So that's something I'm very, very passionate about as well because I've had the opportunity to learn. But, I, again, uh, at the same time, 
you can't teach, you can't be taught everything. Some of those things you're going to have to learn just through trial and error, and that's been a part of it for me as well. Even at the young age of just two and seven months, I've learned through trial and error. Okay, so you learn through trial and error. There are a lot of people. You know, we talked about reality check, struggle, victory. Mm-hmm. So many people I know, clients I work with, they get so stuck in that error that they can't see a way out, which is where, you know, somebody like you or I often comes in and can step outside the picture of whatever's going on and and show them, you know, you're really not as bad as you think you are. Mm -hmm. Here's a window or a crack in the doorway. What would your advice be to somebody who just feels so stuck in that? A person has to begin to focus on what they're after, Um, focus on the goals, focus on the dream. Focus on the good things in life. When you focus on your problems, your problems begin to grow, and they eventually get bigger than you. One thing I've learned about the negatives in life and and the the problems in life is negative energy can only survive if you give it something to feed off of. That's the only way. It feeds off of your negative attention. It plants a seed in your mind, and the more you think about it, the more it feeds. The more you look at it, the more you tell people about it, you tell your friends about it, your family about it. Like I said earlier, you post it all over social media. Now you've told the world about it, and it eventually feeds off of that energy. The only way to to kill or to eliminate those negatives is to starve them to death and not give them the energy and the attention that they want or need. It's one thing to address the problem. It's another thing to focus on the problem. Yes, we have problems in life. Yes, I know we're all humans. Bad things are going to happen to all of us. And yes, I know it's going to be hard and Yes, I've heard, Chris, you don't know my life. You don't know what I've been through. It doesn't matter. We all have problems. We all have challenges and setbacks, and none of our problems are any different than another because they all work the same in some component, in some one way or another. And so when it comes to this part of it, the way we have to do it is to address the problem. Yes, you, 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 you don't focus on it. You address it as needed to, to get it in order, but you still have to stay focused on the goal. And the more you focus on the goal and the less you focus on the problem and only address it as needed, it will eventually starve itself up and disappear. So you're It's in- just like a bad storm, in my opinion. That's what it reminds me of. It's like a bad storm. At no point in the history of the entire world has a storm ever come and just stay. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Yeah, it may stay every, for a couple of days, like, like we have in Florida with some hurricanes that seem to linger. <laughs> right, exactly. They may hang around for a little while. But at some point or another, they're going to break, and they're going to pass on. All right. So and, 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 and when it rains outside and there's a thunderstorm or there's a blizzard up here in Michigan, it doesn't stop you from going to work. It doesn't stop you from getting your kids to school. It doesn't stop you from doing the things that you know you have to do. Why? Because you don't focus on it. You focus on the goal, which is getting to work, getting the kids to school, getting things done, and you just address the weather as needed by dressing properly making sure the car is in order. And before you know it, after a few days, it eventually passes on. <laughs> the okay. storms in life are no different. So let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. When you have your focus on a goal or a dream, which, you know, your book, From Success to Significance, The Eight Keys to Achieving Any Goal or Dream, do you plan for how you will handle a struggle if it comes up? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great question. Great question. Um, for me, I'm a huge boxing fan. So if there's any boxing fans listening, you, you might understand this one really well. In boxing, every boxer starts out as a contender, and their goal is to get a, to get a fight with the champ. And a lot of times the contender is the only person that believes that he's going to be the one to knock the champ out. The contender also knows that 
this fight is in three months. I have to mentally and physically prepare myself to deal with the blows that are going to come back at me because I know that if I'm going to swing, there's a good chance I'm going to get hit, but I've got to be prepared for that. This is no different. In life, when I make the decision to go after a goal or a dream, I have to mentally and physically prepare myself for the challenges because I know that something is going to happen along the journey. I know that in this process I'm going to be challenged or tested in some way or another, and I have to be prepared to deal, and, and to deal with that blow that's going to come. Um, and, that, and that kind of leads me to another part of our conversation because I think I mentioned to you before that, you know, a while back I was in a car accident right at the same time that I started my new book. And that was the, that was the punch. That was the blow. I was mentally prepared for it, but at the same time, it, it, it put me down. It didn't put me down for the 10 count, but it did put me down for a count. And I was able to get back up and begin on that journey all over again after being hit with the blow. So absolutely, you have to mentally and physically prepare yourself for the journey and the hard times that are going to come. You know, I love the whole concept of preparing for a journey. One of my previous guests, Deborah Lewis, she was first uh, female graduate of West Point. And mm. she finally retired after 34 years from the Army as a colonel after serving multiple tours in Afghanistan. And, you know, some really crazy stuff happened to her. And she said to me that, you know, it's like knife training, Laura. You can prepare for battle all you want, but until that knife sinks into your skin, you're not going to be prepared to not flinch and to keep going it. after it. So she said wow. a lot of times what the cadets and, and people that are in armed forces will do is they'll have somebody cut them. Wow. You know, like not in wow. a fatal place or anything, but just so that they know what it feels like for a knife to pierce your skin. Wow. That's huge. And, I think and, Mike Tyson said it best as well. He, he once said, every fighter, every person has a game plan until they get hit. Right. Everyone has a game plan until they get hit. And once you feel that first punch in the ring with Tyson, it all changes. <laughs> the and game plan is out of the window now. And it's, and it's all, the same in life. <laughs> what matters is how fast you get up from that hit. <laughs> exactly. So you we're going to go into our last commercial break, and we're going to talk more with Chris Mathis. Chris, I cannot speak now, Chris Mathis. And going into the commercial break, I'd like you to all think about, if you could accomplish X, pick something, what would your life look like? And we'll be right back after this commercial break with more from Chris Mathis. If you're not asking the right questions and need some help moving forward or even getting started, I'm available for one-on-one or workshops. Come find me at Laura at Laura Stewart com. We'll be right back. So I want to reach out to the at the Patricia Knoll on Twitter. Uh, Patricia tweeted out, "Prepare for the journey and focus on the goal." From uh, what you were talking about, Chris Mathis. So thanks at the Patricia Knoll, uh, one of my other favorite guests and an avid listener on the show. So thanks for tweeting with us live. So, Chris, uh, I want to make sure before the end of the show, people know how to reach out to you and where they can buy your current book. And then we're going to talk some more about your, your new book that's coming out. So how do the people reach out to you if they have questions or want to follow you? Uh, they can find me on any social media channel, um, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, you name Google Plus, uh, under Chris Mathis, K-R-I-S-M-A-T-H-I-S. Uh, they can also visit my website at www.chrismathis.com and uh, find tons of content there. And you'll find my blog, my YouTube channels, social media channels all on my website as well. So that's probably the best place to find me. Great. And I just love um, your blog. You have such insightful commentary and 
as everybody knows, I love questions, and you pose so many great questions, not only yep. on your blog, but in your, your current book, From Success to Significance, The Eight Keys to Achieving Any Goal or Dream. I love to read books that talk about achieving goals or dreams and, and helping set them. And what I love about yours is it, it's really set in reality and experience. It's not just, mm-hmm. you know, oh, here's how you should do it. You get people to really recognize, okay, you know, if you prepare and and you plan and you're living the right goal, um, that, you know, you can achieve one of the eight keys. You can achieve victory. Yeah, I think it's so important that people are reminded that I come from a similar situation as you, whether we're, whether regardless of gender, regardless of race, regardless of what, of our, what our economic or social economic backgrounds are, none of that matters. The bottom line is we're all human and we all have problems and challenges in life. So I'm a firm believer of using my own personal challenges and my own personal story to encourage others and, and showing them that I'm not just someone telling you how to get through this from a third-person standpoint. I speak a lot on my own personal challenges and experiences, and, and anyone who's followed my message or read my work or seen my keynotes you know that the things that I talk about are things that I've personally lived myself. Everything that I've mentioned on the call about the challenges and the hard times in life and what the single mothers have even went through or the single fathers have went through are all things that I've watched my family go through or even myself personally have went through. So it's all, it's all about keeping it honest, keeping it real, and, and not sugarcoating it. I don't want to give you the one, two, three to how to become a millionaire. That's not what this is about for me. This is about being honest and being real and starting where you are to helping you live a better life. Yeah, because if you start comparing your step one to somebody else's step 12, you'll never get to your step two. Ever. <laughs> you are so right. <laughs> All right, so so let's talk about this new book. I mean, you and I had a little conversation yes. about it, and I I love the idea of it. So so talk to me about why this new book and some of the concepts. I started this book um, a little bit after my last book, probably a year or so after my last book, From Success to Significance, and I remember... Uh, with my first book, when I when I started writing my first book, I got hit with the Bell's palsy and the facial paralysis. Again, like I mentioned earlier, anytime you attempt to do something great, you're going to be tested and challenged. So that happened with my first book. I started my second book in uh, the beginning of January, January of 2014. In February, actually February 10th, uh, I was in a really bad car accident. A guy ran a stop sign and hit me, and it put me um, out, and I ended up doing about almost 18 months in physical therapy and uh, other treatments to get back right. So, again, my point is I've been tested. And now that I've been tested and I, I knew I would be tested, I just didn't expect it to come as early as it did, but it happened. And I've now overcome that. And so now I want to talk in my next book how I did it. So my next book will be based around fear and the fears of life and the fears and the challenges that we have to overcome to achieving our goals and dreams. And this is something that I'm very passionate about. I'm extremely excited about this project because – we all face fear in life at some point or another. We're all going to be challenged. We're all going to be tested. And for me, um, the, the overview of my story came from this car accident when I, my daughter should have been in that car with me. And what I mean by that is the morning that I got up to go to this meeting when the accident happened, uh, I was going to drop my daughter off at my aunt's house where my, my cousin was going to watch her until I come back from the meeting. I asked my wife if she could stay home for uh, about an hour or so while I rented the meeting and come back, and she told me no. She had to get to work. Then she comes back a few minutes later and she says, you know what, I'll stay home while you go to the meeting and I'll just keep her so you don't have to drop her off. I said, no problem. So I left that morning, Laura, about 9.30. And as I'm driving down the street, I didn't have a care in the world. I'm just cruising, thinking about, you know, this meeting and what I've got to do. And two blocks 
from where I was dropping my daughter off, a guy runs a stop sign and hits me on the same side of the car that her car seat sat on. I flew left. Um, I couldn't control the car at this point. I'm hitting the brakes and there's nothing I could do. I flew left. I hit the middle median. I ran through a, a mountain of snow and I landed into traffic on the opposite side of the road. Wow, and that's crazy. at that moment for me, I remember I opened my eyes and I saw traffic coming directly at me. And it, it's, it's a very surreal thing. It was like it was almost in slow motion. And I, I remember just being in so much pain and being paralyzed by the fear and the pain of what was happening. And all I remember saying was, God, don't take me now because my family needs me. And I remember seeing traffic begin to slow down. And at that moment, a guy jumped out of his truck, and he helped me get out of the car. And I, I laid on the sidewalk, and the ambulance showed up, and he eventually took me off. And um, the thing that did it for me that was the breaking point after all of this is when I got into the ambulance, and the guy was checking my vitals and making sure I was okay. And I said, man, please don't let me die. And he said, I think you're going to be okay. And then he asked me, do you have any kids? And that's when I was reminded that my daughter at four months old could have been in that car with me at that time. And keep in mind, we just talked about fatherhood and, you know, being a new father and the fears of being a father. And now I have this fear of, am I going to make it through this accident? And will I ever be able to recover enough to do the things that I've done before? And for the next year and a half, I didn't know. And doctors didn't know. And I really wasn't. There were was points where I, I would show signs of improvement, then I'd fall back. I'd show signs of improvement, and then I'd fall back again. And I was forced to cancel speaking events. I was forced to stop working on my new book. And doing a lot of simple things that I once were able to do with ease, I could no longer do. I couldn't change a diaper. I couldn't walk my dogs. Little things that we take for granted. And so for me, I had to learn to not only overcome the fears that I was facing at the time, but I also had to learn how to bounce back. And your new book and takes all those concepts in and, and helps somebody break through that because we have about uh, only a few seconds left to the show yeah i'm sorry i, I kind of ran off a no bit no there. it's all great i want to talk to you for hours and hours more well. Chris, but unfortunately we we don't have the time right yeah but that in a nutshell is what the story is all about it's okay. how i was able to bounce back and the, the principles that i learned through that process so it sort of takes your your idea of life living in fear of excellence to the next level i can't wait you to read it. it maybe you'll let me That's read an it. advanced copy that's the plan. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being with me on the show today. And just quickly, uh, chrismathis.com or at chrismathis is the way that people can find you on Twitter. You got it. That's All right. it. All right, perfect. So Chris's book is From Success to Significance, The Eight Keys to Achieving Any Goal or Dream. He doesn't have a title for his new book. So if you have a thought on it, why don't you tweet out at Chris Mathis and let him know your thoughts. Um, Please. That'd be great. Yeah. Thank you as well, Laura, for having me. I appreciate you having me on as a guest. Oh, I love what you do. It's such a joy for me. And everyone, thanks for listening. And remember, the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today? And if you don't know what you're asking, reach out at the Laura Stewart. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.